Welcome to today's Aviation Sunday episode of The Growth Zone. In these episodes, I share with you my passion for aviation. My weekdays episodes are on business, management, marketing and innovation. Let's get started on today's Sunday topic. In today's episode, we are going to look at aircraft. Today's aircraft is the Saab 340. That is an aircraft manufactured from 1983 to 1999. It is a turboprop-driven aircraft, usually used as a 2 plus 1 passenger cross-section layout, which means that usually you have... Um, two seats beside each other and a separate on the other side of the aisle is one seat. So this kind of aircraft was originally uh, designed and started to be manufactured by Saab together with Fairchild. Eventually Fairchild exited the project and Saab continued to produce and develop the aircraft. Manufactured in Sweden, and a um, really interesting thing is that this aircraft has some really very nice unique features and it has some structural design strategies as well implied that they have used as well on the military aircraft like the Jazz 39 Gripen multi-role combat aircraft which means um, one of the things is the use of rivets on the aluminium structures using diffusion bonds instead to reduce weight. And very nice thing about this aircraft, if you if you have flown some, used some simulators as well before, uh, the older simulators you might have seen as well that some pilots have provided the information of the avionics of this kind of aircraft, how it moves and it's a beautiful aircraft to fly. The key thing is to see, okay, how, how was it actually being used and what for? So it's been not only used as a short haul aircraft, but also as well for military and coast guard purposes. It was used as a regional express and it's still even till today being used as well by the Japanese coast guard. So it's been quite a successful export product in different regions and different places. So we have an aircraft with two engines, turboprop. Last episode we discussed different kind of engine types. Just to have an idea what it is. Turboprop, um, yeah, it's it's not the standard piston engine as you'd have for instance on a Cessna 172. So let's have a little bit more a look at what kind of different variations there are. So of course the first versions were the Saab 380A, a 32 six, 36 seat commuter and it had a general electric turboprop engine and it was used either as passenger transport, VIP and for cargo. And later on there was then the AF version which was as a modified commercial cargo version. Later on there were more different kind of versions as the years proceeded 
Eventually, they even had a maritime search and rescue version and as well a quick change freight transport version. Uh, the code is uh, QC for quick change, which means you can quickly change it from a typical passenger version into a cargo version. So let's look at the key characteristics. The crew, usually two pilots and one flight attendant. There isn't much space to, to have two. So it's the typical intercity commuter, capacity average 34 passengers. And length is 64 feet or 19 meters, nearly 20. Hmm? Wingspan 21.44 meters or 70 feet. And the height is 22 feet. The wing area, just imagine, the wing area has a square foot of 450. And empty, without any freight, another, it weighs seven, 17,000 pounds or eight tons. Maximum takeover, uh, takeoff weight is 13,155 kilograms or 29,000 pounds. And the power plants, the General Electric CT7-9B turboprop engines with 1,750 horsepower. Nice, powerful aircraft. And the propellers? Well, it's a six-bladed Hamilton Standard, which is a really nice aviation aircraft. And let's have a look. So, maximum speed? It's 312 miles per hour or 271 knots. Equals in kilometers, that would be 502 kilometers per hour. Maximum speed is Mach 0.5. Cruise speed would be on average 290 miles per hour or 252 knots. And yeah, and that's that's at a height of 25,000 feet, which is level 25. Stall speed, which means with flap down, is 102 miles per hour or 89 knots. Now let's look at the range. How far can we actually get with that aircraft? That's 939 nautical miles or 1732 kilometers, which is quite a good length for what the purpose actually is of this aircraft. And yeah, and when you look at it, what would be aircraft that are comparable for the same kind of role or who are, let's say, computing? The competitors are the Embraer EMB 120 Brasilia, the DHC 8 100-200, Fokker 50, RTR 42 Dornier, Theon 28, and the BAE Jetstream 41. So, quite an interesting aircraft. 
and the cockpit is just uh, one of the really beautiful kind of designs and when you think of course every kind of aircraft has accidents and other kind of issues things just happen whether there's a pilot error material fatigue bad weather other kind of things that are happening all aircraft will usually have that kind of issue at some time especially if there are a lot of them flying around and being used so of course all these different things happen around the world nevertheless when you think of it the first customer that actually started using the 340 was crossair which was a swiss operator they started on june 1984 so just like think of it the first maiden flight in 84 and one and a half years later already in operational mode in the passenger area and uh, yeah on that date they got their first 340 aircraft and one of the passengers one of the really well-known passengers was pope john paul ii on the very first commercial aircraft sap 340 which was delivered to crosshair and that's quite an interesting thing when you go and look for instance in, in simulators you look at uh, different pictures and so on and the cockpit is really really beautiful because you see you have at the very first versions of course no digital equipment and later on you have the first so then you have the first eventually the first uh, cockpits that have efds electronic flag displays and uh, usually you have like the the primary flight display and the secondary flight display some of the first cockpits they'll have in front of the pilot they have a digital version of the altimeters and uh, attitude indicators and all these different kind of uh, parts it's not an aircraft using a joystick it's definitely still one of these traditional aircrafts with jokes so you have um, all different equipment inside it and um, yeah you have a good overview of the internal parts of that aircraft now of course you might go and say wait a minute but what about the Saab 2000 isn't that the same aircraft no it isn't the Saab 2000 is a stretched derivative of the Saab 340. And yes, there are certain elements that are similar on that, but um, yeah, and this aircraft had its first flight in 1992. The intention was to have it as a 50-seat turboprop. So just compare the 340 is uh, designed for 34 passengers and now the Saab 2000 was designed as a 50-seater it should have a good climb performance which would operate very well over short and medium range routes which 
is usually a typical example of where the smaller jet aircraft are commuting as well. And with a higher efficiency due to the turboprop engines, it would be a much more interesting and attractive aircraft for small airlines as well. So the continued development of the aircraft was quite successful and eventually the manufacturing, when you look at it, the manufacturing was a joint venture. So we have in Linköping, I'm not sure if that's the right pronunciation, that's a factory that belongs to Zap, and they had as well outsourced certain kind of tasks, which was, for instance, to Casa, they outsourced as well uh, the aircraft wing. Short Brothers built the rear fuselage, and Valmet built the aircraft's tail surface. And when you look at it, the cockpit of the 2000 is very different, at least in the, in the latest models, compared to 340. So in the 340, you have a lot of analog displays, which are very traditional, and the 2000 already has a lot of electronic flight displays. So you've got lots of smaller and medium-sized screens, like you would expect in newer aircraft in today's time when you look at... Um, new Boeings or new Airbus aircraft. So Sweden had a quite a successful product. And when you think of it, it's quite interesting that actually, especially the Swiss loved this aircraft. The aircraft was being as well exported to many other countries abroad. And um, there were a few variations. Nevertheless, it's as well being used as well for military purpose. So as a uh, surveillance aircraft and other kind of things and um, yeah when you look at the different kind of airlines who were using it oh there's quite a range not only Scandinavian Airlines there were airlines like Golden Air, Flybee, Deutsche BR which is Deutsche British Airways and yeah even Air Marshall Islands. Air France used it and Pen Air. I'm not quite sure which airline that is, but it's really interesting when you think of it. They had, depending on the customization of the seating, they could actually get 50 to 58 passengers into the aircraft. And with a wingspan, or wing, let's say wing area of 600 square feet, that's quite a lot more than the 240. Here, in contrast, we don't have General Electric engines. We have two Rolls-Royce AE2100P turboprop engines. Have over 4,000 horsepower, so that's quite a strong-powered aircraft. Again, using as well the six-bladed Doughty propellers. And, yeah. They were quite interesting because they were fully feathering and reversible pitch. And cruising speed is definitely much higher. The other one, the, the older version, was just above 300 miles per hour. And this is already 100 miles faster. So we have 413 miles per hour or 359 knots as cruising speed. And the range is well much longer. Before we had 1,700 and something 
kilometers. And this time we have with the Saab 2000, we have over 1000 kilometers more. So we have 2869 kilometers. And the service ceiling is well much higher, over 6000 feet higher. And the climbing radius as well quite interesting. Nevertheless, when we look at that aircraft, yeah, there are some aircraft that are competing as well with that one. Um, but as well, some other interesting aircraft that pop up, like the Antonov N140, again, the ATR-42, the DHC-8-300, Fokker 50 again, and those are the typical aircraft that are competing for the kind of business that this aircraft would be as well flying around so quite an interesting aircraft and the seating is really as well more spacious because we have then per row two plus two seats more space as well more space for hand luggage and so on and we have different kind of aircraft usage. As I say as well, even in the military area, they were using them as well, even as well for reconnaissance and that, that some of them had even a special construction on the top of the aircraft for surveilling. You could call it a mini version of the AVAX aircraft. Actually quite an interesting composition. Nevertheless, Quite a beautiful aircraft. And when you compare both the Saab 340 and the Saab 2000, made in Sweden, offer quite an interesting difference or diff um, different opportunity, flying opportunities compared to other aircraft that are being made by competitors. So this was for today, the end of today's Aviation Sunday topic on aviation and aircraft. I hope you enjoyed today's Aviation Sunday episode. I would like to invite you to follow our show so that you don't miss the upcoming topics and interviews. Simply visit my website there you will find also the new section for suggesting topics or guests. I will be adding the link also to the description of this episode, so that you just need to click on that link. Thank you.